Welcome to The Great Unlearn. Join me, your host, Cal, as we dive deep into understanding and unlearning the programming within us. Let's uncover your inner truth for a life with newfound purpose and freedom. Get ready to question it all in The Great Unlearn. It was like, if I don't change this way, I'm going to die. Just that simple like thought of like, I want to shift. There's a door that's open for you at that moment. There's so many layers to this multidimensionality that we exist in. And, you know, a lot of it's been blocked from us environmentally, systematically, governmentally. We all receive these core wounds that parents had that like we're in this line of like healing, right? Of Like healing potentiality. We need to just listen and speak to people and help them reprogram their story, unlearn all of these things that they've been carrying since they were mostly from zero to seven. I feel like I'm here to shift that paradigm of recovery because what we're really all doing here is remembering who we are. We're bringing in the pieces that have been like chipped away, that have been shattered, that have been left behind. That keeps us at a lower frequency, more susceptible to fear, shame, guilt, and I think that the fear program is a big one to release here. But it's it's getting into that frequency and the lightness and being open to it and being curious. And that's a window into you not wanting to feel. What are you afraid of if you feel? We're supporting each other's frequencies, right? A frequency evolution that's happening. Today, we welcome on Daniel Duran. And if there's... <laughs> I don't know if there's ever been a better example. And I shared this, we shared this with you before I got on. But one of the main reasons for me starting this podcast was to share the wisdom that I've learned through those who I might have not identified with in their story and their ways of viewing the world. And what I've learned from you in the short time that we've been together has blown my mind. And uh, there's, there's so much truth in it. We talked about this because you feel it. You feel the goosebumps when something comes in. Um, and I'm excited to share a lot of that today. And I know we're not going to cover all the things that I want to cover, but we're going we're gonna to share a lot today for, for my audience that a lot of this is going to be very new. And so I'm excited to offer that to them. You're a true gift and what you have to share today. Um, I just offer everyone to come in with an open mind and an open heart because it's going to be a lot different probably than what you're used to hearing. Uh, but it comes from a place of love. It comes from the heart. And I know how much it's helped me uh, in the short time that we've been together. So thanks for coming on today, brother. Bro, thank you so much for having me. I want to start with gratitude. And um, thank you so much for allowing me to be here to share and to speak with you. And I also want to offer gratitude and set up a, a foundation for the transmission today, uh, bringing in uh, the elements, especially the element of fire, the great transformer, the, the, trans, the transmuter, and all the other elements that support us, the air, the water, the earth here that, that's supporting us on this platform. So thank you all, all our helpers, all our helpers, guides, and our partners that are present also. And uh, I'm stoked, bro. I'm stoked to be here to, to share all. All that I have in this short amount of time. Yeah, yeah. and I can't wait to, to, to get into later who you're referring to with partners. That was such an eye-opener for me. And uh, just for, for those of you who, who obviously can't see this, uh, Daniel set up uh, 
I mean, I would call it a mini altar, but what would you, how would you refer to that on the, the table? Definitely. It's a transmission beacon. So I have a, just a candle lit for the presence of fire to be with us. And that's, that's really how I work these days when, when I have something important or wise to share. I usually bring in an amplification element with me. So fire being like a, you know, a transformer. Awesome. Awesome. So let's, I, I, I'm not really sure where to begin, but maybe let's give people a little color on your background and how you came to this work. Okay. So we'll start with a little storytelling about who I am and yeah, how I got here. So, so there was a lot of things that happened to me since I was a kid that I had no gauge for until later on in life. Um, around, let's say, the word paranormality. What I, what I used later, what I figured out was sort of a way to, to describe what had happened to me. Um, lots of lights in the sky, lots of, and I don't use this word anymore, abduction, because it felt more peaceful and calm when it happened. It was just more like a, a, a gentle like engulf, engulfing of a light. Usually things like that would happen to me. So I had all these little puzzle pieces in my back pocket since I was a, a youngster and um, developing over the years and going through some initiation, some semi-initiation, some street initiation, sort of like how I got molded into, into who I was and later who I am now. Um, there was a moment when I was a lot clearer in my life and I was able to sort of like lay everything out on the table. And after a few synchronistic events, I was able to start connecting the dots and putting that puzzle together. And let's see, I, um, I had some, some pretty wild experiences growing up, you know, from family alcoholism and drug use to later having that been, being coded into my upbringing and like having to go through that experience myself. So, so interesting. You, you framed it that way. And I love that. I had to go through that experience. There's no judgment, shame, anything around that. There's like just the learning of going through that experience. Exactly. I feel so much lighter to even speak about it and, and transmit that so others can hear to maybe relate their, their story or their experience to it. Because this is all learning that we're in here. This is a school I feel that we're, we're all in. Um, <laughs> an emotional coding experiment, perhaps, right? Uh, and so during my own healing process, which started very poignantly in 2014, I, you know, there'd been a few moments be before that when, you know, I started training Kung Fu and MMA and things like that. And, and that really like got me in shape physically. Before that, I was like overweight, burritos, 40 ounces, a lot of toxic substances and um but, but again learning right like i was something was happening that I, I was almost doing this research and coding myself with this information almost like uh there was this like huge void this this like dark warehouse that i had like inhabited and once i started turning on the lights i was like oh my god look at all this space that i could create in and look at all the walls that were coded with this information that now i can share with others in a helpful way so that was, that's been a huge part of what my work now, what I'm, what I'm transmitting to people and to humans and helping them activate their human technology, helping them become lighter, right? Because I think that's where we're, we're heading, right? Where we're becoming lighter and um, just learning how to shed all the stuff that no longer, no longer serves us, all the patterns, all the heaviness, all of the 
the pressure, right? How can we just live like a, a freer, uh, freer life with, with no suffering? So what do you say to someone who is in that dark warehouse right now? What can, what, what's something that, that maybe was useful for you in, in being able to switch on some of the lights or are there some practices that can, can create, I don't know if it's the stillness or the, the, the actual, the vision in that darkness. Like, yes, I feel like everybody gets their, their flash of something has got to shift, right? There's, there's like definitely like, for me, in my experience, there was a moment when I was 34, actually almost almost turning 34, it was the end of my 33rd year. And it, it was like, if I don't change this way, I'm going to die. I'm, I'm, I'm just going to, you know, maybe not physically, but, but probably so, you know, pro- but there were so many things that were just not working anymore because of all of the void that I was filling with substances, with just like not wanting to face my feelings. So I feel like once that willpower, just that simple like thought of like, I want to shift, there's a way, there's a door that's open for you at that moment. And then comes in the practices of the unlearning and the reprogramming from there. So yeah, for sure, breath work, you know, plant medicine work was huge for me in my coming out of that, that dark space. And you know, I didn't really know what the word integration meant until about three years after. <laughs> didn't take, quite take me three years, but it was a long year and a half of like, I thought I had it figured out. Right. What, what, what were the plants that you were working with? So I started, the first plant was with ayahuasca. And that immediately led me to Peru, to the jungle where I worked with uh, Yarwapanga and um, a pretty deep diet with uña de gato, cat's claw. So it was ayahuasca. Uh, Yarupanga and Cat's Claw were the fr- was my entry point into uh, Amazonian medicines from you know from the jungle. What what called you to that to ayahuasca the very first time? I had read a book um, probably when I was twenty called The Cosmic Serpent by Jeremy Narby, and my fifteen year old son I just gave that to him because he's super interested in learning about psychedelics and. And uh, so I want to do it in a responsible way. I want to give him the information that helped me and have conversations with him. And that's the very first book I gave him. Here we are talking he's, about He's it. carrying it around right now in his backpack. That's, that's freaking amazing. And, you know, some of, the, some of the people I work with now in the recovery coaching work that I do in the rescue program, I, I recommend that book for the first book that they sort of get into this or like open them up to like, like we talked about earlier, the potentiality of a new worldview, a new perspective on how to live or, or potential to live. Right? It blew my mind, the use of tobacco. I think that was the one thing that stuck with me was the, the, the use of tobacco by the people to communicate and to receive messages. And um, again, when I was reading, I'm like, this, this is all true. I, I believe this, not from my own experience, but just the, the transmission mm-hmm. made perfect sense to me. And then when they were, talk about and it's been a little while since I've read it but the the dark energies and how they were able to you know be non-local and have some pretty bad shit happen to people it's like whoa there's a whole fucking world out there that I have no idea about right right there's like there's so many layers to this multi-dimensionality that we exist in and you know a lot of it's been blocked from us environmentally systematically governmentally like all of these these 
older ways have been sort of like shrouded in mystery or like go find it yourself, but we're not going to like actually teach it to you. And that probably have would have been very important and useful for a lot of us coming up, right? So a little more synchronicity to that and, and your son having it in his backpack right now is when I actually made it to Belpa and to Peru when I started, when, when I did my first uh, diet, which is, um, I was like 12 days in the jungle, mostly by myself and just having very deep processes and, and communion with the plants and communication. But on my way out of Peru at the airport, lo and behold, who's standing there? Jeremy Narby. No. Yeah. Dude, <laughs> what the fuck? So I'm like, again, the synchronicity is, is still, there's still a thread now that we're talking about it in this moment. Right. So yes. how does that work? Whoa. We're figuring that out, but it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's a lot, uh, it's a lot more fun to just have that, like, you know, that just to have fun with it and the curiosity of like, what is this, where's this going to lead me to? And who, all, here's the author of the book that inspired me to drink ayahuasca 14 years later. I meet him at the airport. How did you know it was him? Because some people in my group knew him. Yeah. Because they were like the facilitators and they're like, it's Jeremy. And I'm like, what the fuck, Jeremy? Not shit. And I was just blown away at that point. Yeah, <laughs> I bet. And, and I think the, the, the word you use, I think it has been in large part my North Star is this curiosity. Just understanding that I, I really don't know shit. And even as I learn stuff uh, on a grand scale, I really don't know anything. So if I can just be curious and be open to learning all the wisdom that's out there or anything that's offered to me. Which again, you're a beautiful example of so many gifts to share and a wisdom that is is not something I'm generally uh, able to in, in, in share in. So again, I'm so grateful to have you here today, brother. Bro, I'm so excited. I'm stoked too. Thank you. So yeah, tell me a little bit about um, you know that that work with the plants and then how you came through that and what was like, you know, it was a a three year period. Uh, pre-integration and how challenging was that? And one of the things I, I want to just remind anybody listening here who's never done plant medicines and, and maybe wants to, uh, there's a calling. And that's why I asked Daniel, what called you to it? And I know for me, what called me was my own healing. And it felt like, again, there was a truth that this was going to do something to shift that for me. But there, there needs to be that calling uh, you know, to just go do it, to see what the experience is like. And maybe that's your journey in it. You know, this is no right or wrong, but I do highly recommend that people are actually called to it when you know, you know, and then it's time to sit with the plant. That's it. That's it. The, the willingness to, to shift something, to heal something. I knew for sure, like something needed to change. Um, so <laughs> I went on a bit of a lightning path with the medicine. So I, I, I think I went 80, it was funny, I'll tell you the exact number, but about 80 something times in three years. And so five full diets in, in Peru. And it's funny because you know how they say like, uh, you got 86, like you, you get kicked out, right? So on the 86 ceremony, I hear this voice and it was like, I was having this moment of like, something's wrong. Like I was like, my heart was like tripping out, like palpitating all crazy. I was in a home in Berkeley, California. And uh, I, I walked out of the space, out of the circle into the living room. And I had a moment by the fire and, and I heard this voice and she's like, yeah, look what you did. You know, like you like 
you're not at the bars anymore drinking. You're not, you know, ingesting toxic substances, but you're at an ayahuasca ceremony every other weekend. And I was just like, oh, damn, I overdid it. You know, so that was an energy too that I had to come face to face with of like, wow, I'm getting hooked on ayahuasca in a sense, right? Yeah. I'm getting hooked on this feeling of like, ooh, I love this. Uh, I love the community. I love the way I feel. I love the chicken soup and the sourdough bread late at night and waking up in the morning and just having this like warm, fuzzy feeling. But I'm not doing the work. I'm not taking the actions here. I'm just like in… I'm up here and just like having the visions of like what to do, right? So that was a little fast forward until the 86 when I got the boot. But through those three years, first started with me, you know, a lot of reprogramming, resetting physically in my own body, a lot of releasing, a lot of purging, a lot of recalibration in the muscles and the joints and all these things, right? The lungs and so many things, the, the organs. And then the first, the first new clue was like, you need to help your dad. And so traditionally, that's what the medicine helps with, right? Like helping to heal the family lineage, the heavy energies that have potentially been disruptive, destructive. Can, so, you, can you go a little, little deeper into that just for my audience so they understand mm-hmm. what that actually means to… How, how, what do you mean that you can feel, uh, heal the family lineage through this? Well, for me in my experience, it was there's heavy alcoholism and drug use on my father's side. Of the family. Actually, it was on both sides, but mostly my father's side. And… I recognized that the reason why I went into my healing experience because I was overusing alcohol and toxic substances. So there was a line of energy connected to my ancestry of that disruptive force that had been moving along. Like, you know, my father, his father, you know, my grandfather died in his early 50s of uh, cirrhosis of the liver. You know, and I remember what, I have one photo of him, him holding me as a, as a child and looks like he's 80 man you know he just looks so old and just like and in these experiences I had I was able to meet him you know meet my grandfather and like he looks great you know he's talking to me he's communicating me like pat me on the back like thank you for what you're doing and I'm like how is this even how is this even possible how is this even working you know I had no gauge of like of communicating with my ancestors before yeah so let's see my father, I, I started, I had a dream of my father and, and that was the message from the medicine of you need to help him. And I had a, a certain dream. He was wearing a certain, he was wearing like this uh, button up red shirt. And that was the, how I saw him in the dream. And then I met him in that way three months later in physical reality. He showed up to the meeting wearing that, that same button up red shirt. And I was just like, fuck, of course he did. You know, oh my God. and it's like, okay. So then it was like, Dad, I got your back. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm taking you up to, I was living in the Bay Area at the time and uh, I'm going to get you to a halfway home and you know take care of you for a bit. And I got him after that process to work with some other traditional medicines. I got him to work with psilocybin and then um, with the Buffalo areas with the toad medicine. Super helpful. Really like shifted gears from him into like a new direction. So it was like, you know, back to my story, my trajectory it was like me, my family, my dad especially. And then it was, now you're ready for the, the world village now. Like now it's time for you to share gifts with everybody else. So the message that I was getting was like your hands. Your hands are important in this. You're, you're to be placing your hands on people to help activate their healing process. So again, the integration. I got these messages way back, but it wasn't until 
three years later when I actually started training and doing the, you know, 100-hour trainings of body work and energy work and sound healing work and, and these things. So it's, and at the 86 ceremony, when I was like, that's it, I stopped. That's when that door opened to, for the training to, to begin. Dude, so I have a couple of questions. Yep. What, what would, how would you characterize your relationship with your dad at that point when you went to him? Was it not, solid? Was it rocky? Rocky. Yeah. Not, not good. We hadn't spoken in, in quite some time. How did he receive that? He received it. He was open for it. You know? He was heavily intoxicated at the time, but something happened in him at that moment where we, where we met. And, you know, the, the crying came and, you know, like, all right, I, the release of whatever was holding on at that moment was the pathway that, that led both of us to having a better relationship because I actually spent way more time with him. Like we traveled together, we t- went to Mexico together, you know, it was like, it was beautiful. It, it was, it opened up a lot. Well, and I asked for my, because my own experience is, is similar, uh, been very, very challenging and, um, you know, I know there's a lot of healing in us healing the relationship. So it's for me, it's, it's waiting for when the, you know, the kind of, not necessarily the opportunity presents, but not rushing to go fix it. Not really, there's not a fixing element to it, but it's, you know, I just, how, like, how did you open that door with him when there was, like, cause I talk to my dad pretty infrequently and it's, it's a very kind of scratch the surface type of conversation. So the big part was the, the showing up wearing that same exact outfit that I had in the dream. And I knew that something I had to empower myself more to act on whatever I had to do in that moment. So to be in like full power and presence and just support because, you know, his, his face was just kind of like sucked in and just very like dark sunglasses, like this like burgundy red shirt just looked like dark. Right. So I stepped into that being like, Hey, I, I, I see you dad sick. I'm going to help you now. And then it was like something happened in that moment where a lot shifted. You know, I put all my stuff behind me, like all the stuff I was like, fuck you for this. You know, like I, like, I I don't want to be part of your life. Um, and then I just, yeah, I'll, I'll give that up to, to the medicine for like helping me get past that energetically, like helping me shed some of those energies that, that I was carrying for a while. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm feeling there's, yeah, there's a kind of a similar, similar thread. I recently through our, our brother, Eric Godsey was sharing, sharing some of this with him and he got me into a, a, a space where I, I tapped into how I felt when I was younger and uh, how I received his, you know, anger and rage and, and, and how it made me feel stupid and it made me feel like not enough. And uh, on the, my response to that was to be a really high achiever. And, you know, have done things that I, I, I wouldn't have probably guessed I could have done at that age. And so what it allowed me to do was to really genuinely feel gratitude for how he showed up exactly how he needed to, for me to be who I am today. And so I've been feeling into that and 
really waiting for when my heart's called to to open that up because our last communication was was super tense and it triggered that young boy in me of the rage and the anger and now that I'm 49 my initial response was like fuck off and then as I took a few breaths I started to see where I was um I was feeling that young boy energy and understanding that no one's ever shown him compassion, like maybe ever. And so no one's ever modeled it for him. No one's really been there for him in a way that he has seen and heard And that little boy in him is held. And so I'm kind of working in that. And so hopefully by the time this episode is released, I've been able to bridge that. And it's not that the intention is to um, have this amazing relationship. That may be a byproduct of it, but it's for my healing and it's for his healing. And hopefully, like I said, that, that that'll be um, where it's at in the next you know little while. Brother, lots of good energy to that. And, and we're reflections of each other and especially with our folks, right? Like I think that we all receive these core wounds that parents had that like we're in this line of like healing, right? Of like healing potentiality. And like, I feel like our generation is, or just even maybe our, our community and this frequency that we're in right now, this, what, what you're supporting here in this, in this, on this platform, we're bringing people together that are doing this work that are healing collectively, healing our family lineages. And what I heard there in, relation to the question you asked me about like what was sort of the the thing that happened and, and I'm, I'm hearing it in you too is like you had an opportunity to like just like whatever I don't want to deal with it right but instead you you faced it and you're able to transmute just like the fire the energy into a more balanced way for you to, to be in with it and then that opens the door for potentially having him be received in it Right. So my wound with my dad was rejection, you know, and I, I have these memories of like me being at school, like, you know, I'm like probably fifth grade or something. And like, he's supposed to pick me up. No show, you know, and like, it's getting dark, like, you know, like five o'clock, we get out of school at, at three, you know, it's two hours later, it's starting to get like kind of dark outside. I'm like, where the fuck is he? You know what I mean? I'm starting to get scared. Like the people you know, they're like, where's your dad? And I'm just like, man, I, th- those feelings are like, um, where is he, you know? And, and so what I saw, what I see now in that is that like his rejection wound too, and like people not showing up for him is being translated to me. So in that opportunity, when I met him in 2015, like that, I was actually showing up for him and supporting him. Right. So there's the transference again and the transmutation. And it's, it's, you know, it's a choice we have, right? We yeah. Have the, we have the knowing of what's going on. Yeah. And I think you bring up a great point as well that I wasn't able to do this um, not too long ago because I actually, um, I wouldn't say I was showing up for my own family in a way that I do today. And I thought I was until I realized I wasn't. 
and to come and, you know, our, our brother, uh, Stefano Safandos posted something recently on Instagram. And he said, if you're not your beloved's biggest fan, then why are you together? And so I've sat with that and I've seen how I've started to become certainly my kid's biggest fan and not like shitty dad on the sideline yeah. <laughs> yelling, but whoever they are intending to be, I'm here and I'm here to support you on your journey, not try to, you know, make you some little version of me. You know, just seeing Peyton in that way was, it was such a simple framework for me to start to, to remind myself. And when I, when I, when she's not my, when I'm not her biggest fan, why is that? And I would argue that it's, it's a a story that I'm stuck in about myself. Mm. And, uh, and so I have it up, see it over there on my whiteboard It's behind the, the lights right now, but just a reminder to like, to sink into that and feel into that. And it doesn't stop at your family, not your immediate family, your mom, your dad, your siblings, and then your brothers and sisters. And then it's to everybody, right? They're all doing the best they can. Even if you don't agree with much of how they're moving through the world, they're stuck in a story too. And they're taught that this is all learned behavior. So can we have compassion for that and be their biggest fan in a way that's an integrity too. So I, I love just you stepping into that and then being able to really show up for your dad that way. It's, it's, it fucking starts with us. That's we have it. to heal our own shit mm-hmm. in order to show up for other people in an authentic way. That was it. That was it for me. So it was like, okay, year and a half, it was like me, right? And then it was like family now. And then when it started with my dad, then all of a sudden the whole ancestral team comes in, right? Where I'm like communicating with them and having these dreams. And then after that development was when it was like hands, voice, activation, up level here, 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 train. And then it was like, okay, now I'm, now I'm in community with everybody else. Go a little deeper into ancestral team. Is that in th- I, I, want, I want to give people a little more color on that. So what I like to how I like to refer to the ancestors we work with are the well ancestors. So when I call them in, I I say well ancestors now, because there's some that are still in their, in their process. And sometimes connecting to that energy can all, can bring you down too. So I always start with, if I I work with a song for the ancestors, I program it to work with the well ancestors. So ancestral team is, is, you know, feeling that, that like connection to your grandma, right? Like you have a familiar place that you remember from your grandma's house or like a tree or something like these are sort of like support beacons for me and and journey work that I do with with the people I work with that can help activate a memory or you know however this multi-dimensional realm works like somehow these doors open up where you gain access to either a memory or you know all of a sudden you have a dream with your grandma and you're in a new environment talking about something that pertains to maybe one of your aunts or something so you these messages start coming through in a way that you know, is so beautiful and just mysterious, right? Because you didn't think that it was possible for you to get this information. But again, hearing the space, doing this work on ourselves to become lighter, to become more free of the energies that maybe block us and keep us clouded. And then all of a sudden there's like, 
They communicate with their ancestors. Oh, something's up, right? Big stuff. Oh, yes. Big stuff. The other question I had was around Bufo. And uh, I, I've, I've had a few experiences with it. And I'll say this, if I were to go have another experience, it'd be like, uh, there's like a, there's tension for me. There's fear. And I'm, and I'm not sure if it's just the way I've been guided into the space. And I know that I've heard people have had just these amazing, beautiful healing experiences. And that, that has happened in the medicine. But there's so much for me, there's so much tension and fear in the liftoff that um, I'm just curious if, you know, what, what your experience is and, and maybe just to give me a little bit of more insight into, you know, maybe I, I haven't done it quote unquote right. Okay. I can give you what I got on that. And my, my own personal experience is, is that I'm right there with you, bro, on that. Like the takeoff for me is so intense and I get… The last, so I think I took um, maybe 85, like a 0.85, which is a pretty high dose. You know, people sometimes go up to like 100 or 110. But for me, that was the highest dose I've done. That was about a year and a half ago um, in New York. And I, oh my God, man, white knuckle gripping. I white knuckled that fucker too. I white knuckled it, man. But what happened at the beginning again, my fucking grandpa appeared and I saw his face again. And something dislodged from my stomach and shot out of my mouth, out of the fireplace, up the chimney. And, the, and everybody in the, there was three other people in the room. They all kind of saw it too. Like, and I was like, and I'm still white knuckling. And the white knuckling, finally, I release and finally lay back. But, but similarly, I've also had a difficult time. Oh, I don't know if it's difficult though, right? Because yeah. it's just, it's some energy that you're releasing some, some grip on something, right? And it seemed to ease up after a while. Um, for my dad, he loves it. You know, he it, it, that's his main. That's medicine. the thing. When people say they love it, I'm like, I, I love. <laughs> once I'm through the the white knuckle part, it, it's it is like nothing. You know, anything I've ever experienced. But I, <laughs> yeah, I, I wouldn't no, say I, I love it. My dad's so funny, man. It's like he he's just like, oh yeah, just uh, just remember to breathe and let go, and it's all good. And I'm just like. What? Like, Dude. are you serious? You know? Well, uh, on top of all the other shit, you know what I mean? Like, and, and, and your development. But again, it's like everybody has their own their own pathways, right? Like, the helpful pathways. So just to share a little bit of like how, you know, more beautiful synchronicity um, with the with the toad. Um, I led a, a friend of mine who I work with um, to his first ceremony a few days ago. And he's been prepping for a little while for this. And... You know, I, I do recovery coaching work with him. And, you know, we've, we've gone deep in this last year. He was actually my first, I guess, client that called me. You know, and We'll get into this in a moment. But, you know, I didn't know I was going to be a recovery coach. That's been the next phase of the, of the medicine work where, like, I started getting calls from people. Like, yo, Danny, uh, I saw who you were 15 years ago. Like, how did you do this? How did you make it from there to here? So then it was like the universe, like, all right, it's on your lap now. Now you pass this information on to the general arena. Um, so, yeah, my boy Pete, he, uh, he, he, you know, we, we always talk about, he's always working on his Volvo. He has this like old, like 70, 70 something Volvo that he's always working on. I'm like, you know, this is a reflection of you and your life, right? Like, just like your home, you know, there's like blood in the basement. What's going on in your subconscious, right? 
what's going on in the Volvo? The trannies, fu- the transmission's fucked up, right? Like this is part of you right now, and, and you're healing. So it's like we're, we get into work like that, and in relation to his own um, development and and the working and the fixing, right? So I tell him about the toad, and he he doesn't know anything about it. Starts doing some research on it, and something happens to his. I think it's the transmission of the Volvo. And he finally was like, all right, I'm going to do it. I'm going to sign up for it. And um, that night, he's working on the transmission on the undercarriage of the of the Volvo. And on all the nuts of the chassis, it just says EUFO. Bufo, bufo, bufo. Around the whole bottom. No. Of, <laughs> of course it does. <laughs> this is what we're talking about, so, people. There's so, shit's all over yeah, the place. And so it's right in your face, right? When you're, when you're open to it, right? Yeah. It's just the universe is like giving you more clues. You know, it's like, I call it like sidewalk tarot, right? It's like, you can ask for anything. And if you have the willingness to go forward with it, it's going to keep giving you those cues on what's it connected to, right? There's connections to be made here. So he show, his ceremony was actually two days ago and he showed up wearing a red and white Hawaiian shirt. To, you know, and um, and the, the facilitators are like, wow, did you know that in the Siri tribe where the medicine comes from, that the 13-year-olds have to wear red and white when they get initiated into adulthood at 13? And Pete was like, I have no clue, but, <laughs> did, but, but you did, right? So yeah. there you go. That's another little bufo. Oh, fun, and fun just I, I just for people who haven't experienced it mm-hmm. before, I'm sure there's a lot of listeners who have not. Give them a, just a little taste of what that this takeoff we're talking about looks like, <laughs> feels like. And it's I can't even put words on it. It's it's um everything just dissolves. And I think that the gripping has to do with like your control of your reality program and and like not wanting to let that go could be perhaps like the, the painful part of like, oh, this is what my worldview is and this is how my body is supposed to feel and I feel good like this. I, I'm, I'm, I'm very comfortable in this moment, right? Instead of like, hey, just like let the medicine do its thing. And yeah, it feels like you get catapulted into like maybe 8 million dimensions at once. I mean, I don't know if that could be some words that could describe a feeling of, you know, getting blasted out of a, a a rocket launcher or something. I don't know. Yeah, I think that's 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 an appropriate uh, explanation. And I would say I would just add that in my in my first experience, I was to it was um, three inhales. So the first one, you know, and you hold it for as long as you can. Exhale, and I and as I was going to come back for the second one, everything went fractal. So white fractal. My brother who was holding the 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 pipe, I, I couldn't find it. I couldn't get to it, and he's like, "Oh, you're good." And I just laid down, and it so it happened so fast, not like I was expecting, that I, I got scared. Oh fuck, what have I done? You know, and the 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 classic, I'm dead now. I just you know here I I really did it this time. And I absolutely identify with that, that controlling piece. And that was the big message I got is just to let go. And once those hands released and I had all these, the guys that were holding space, I had all these tremors go through my body and release out the top of my head. And uh, it was just the most beautiful journey after that. But it, it, it took, you know, one of the most challenging experiences of my life is just that 
ripping, holding on. And, and you know, like you fight the medicine, medicine's undefeated. <laughs> like it's got, so, the, you know, to your dad's point, just, just breathe and let go. Right, right. And that was the last message I sent Pete too. I was like, remember your breath and remember to let go. And his description of it was like, the most, he's like, the most beautiful thing ever. Oh my God. Like so easy. Like just, I can't believe I was like holding on to that anxiety for something. You know, it, was, it worked out. He's like, yeah. I didn't really have any visions either, but like there was like an internal knowing of something that that was processed that happened. And even, you know, I was like, take a few weeks and we'll talk about it, right? Like this could, you know, the, again, the integration, especially with these medicines, I feel like the longer you wait after you do them, the better results really. Yeah. That's from my own experience. Same, mm-hmm. same. And, and so let's get into, you know, yourself, family, hands. Now, you're doing work in the collective. I am. Tell me, tell me about that. So I started training body work in Thailand. Um, Thailand led me to Spain, trained in Spain. You don't fuck around with any just uh, rinky dink uh, <laughs> workshops, do you? It, it was just, I, you know, let, you let me, called. Let me, I get called, right? And then I got, you know, led to a master in New York, uh, master Rolfer, Don Van Vliet, rest in peace. Um, and he taught me a lot about bone, collagen, structural work. And then I got led to another master, Camillo, a uh, Barbados guy, guy from Barbados. And he taught me, teach me a lot about tendon and ligaments and all putting this all together, you know, and back into the jungle of like my voice getting activated. I had never sung before, it, you know, before ceremony. Ceremony is what like I'm, I'm singing in front of 30 people, right? And my voice is getting more amplified, more potent. People are like, whoa, you know, people are barfing when I'm singing, you know, stuff like this happening. So what I've developed now and actually after doing proper sound healing training is I do body and sound medicine work. So that's the one-on-one in-person work that I do. So work on people to open up their channels physically and then the sound and the energy work comes in. Um, That was one piece to who I am now a few years ago when few years ago when that all started. And then, like I said, last year, um, that was the universe. Like, okay, now people, you need to just listen and speak to people and help them reprogram their, their story and help them unlearn all of these things that they've been carrying since they were, you know, mostly from zero to seven, right? Like all of those loops that we, we, we have gotten into that have like dictated who we were and spun a certain story of our life that we thought we had no control over, right? And control meaning like shaping it the way that we want, not that gripping, but just like making it malleable, making it effervescent, you know, in flow, in sync, in tune. Um, So yeah, I developed um, the rescue program. And that's um, back to a little bit more of who I am. By the way, what just before you got into the body work and uh, sound healing and singing, what was your, you know, what was your quote unquote job? Like, what did you do with your time prior to that? Were you in that space at all? I was not. I was not. Yeah. Yeah. It was like just a complete shift of everything. It was like. Tell me you were like a, a, an accountant or something. No. I was, <laughs> a, I was an artist. I, mean, I still am an artist. Okay. But it was, it was in a certain frequency that I would consider. I, I had already kind of like climaxed. And I had reached a place where like, unless I worked on myself, I wasn't able to, to up-level from there. Right. Yep. So, yeah. So I became a very famous graffiti artist. 
that's when I started writing graffiti, I was probably like 12, 13, getting inspired. Southern California, Los Angeles, just like, well, what is all this writing on the wall? I want to do that. You know, and that led me to actually become a graffiti writer. And I started getting paid for doing that work too. And, you know, it's funny, the, the word I chose to write was rescue. So again, wow. another, another clue of like what I'm doing now and sort of like, hey, let, let me help, right? Let me help here. So like that was like some sort of coding or message that I got way back then to develop in the space of, you know, a lot, a lot of different crazy, crazier spaces that I, that, that have encoded me and that I've developed in, you know, like a lot of like street stuff happened in my upbringing. You know, wouldn't, I wouldn't consider it gang, but we had to deal with gangs. Like graffiti writers were sort of like shunned by the gangs in Southern California because you're like, you didn't become a gang member and you guys think you could band together. Well, like, of course we have to band together. We got to protect ourselves from you guys. Yeah. You know what I mean? We're, we're like adolescents on the street, like painting under bridges. And all of a sudden there's like 12 gang members come with, with baseball bats and chase us, you know? Shit. So it's like stuff like that I had to deal with. And, and, uh, but again, why did I pick that word rescue? You know, it was like, and then having these other synchronistic, synchronistic events of like, arriving in places in these groups that now I'm a part of and they're like they come up to me like oh uh so you're here for the uh, the rescue mission too huh and I'm just like what the fuck is going on you know how did I know that back then it was going to lead me to to here now so in rescue is r-e-s-q r-e-s-q yeah, yeah and and so I was going to write down and, re- and I'm not going to fucking read off but I want you to tell us what what the letters stand for. for sure for sure so rescue program recovery and recalibration evolutionary embodiment self-expression self-expansion and chi cultivation and chi integration so tell us about this program so yeah i started in the i guess just like i said a few guys hit me up that knew me from the past or like oh I, I need to up level i need to change and they call you danny is anybody here call you danny they call me Danny Daniel. They also call me Rescue. They know me as Rescue. No shit. Yeah. Oh, yeah. dude. So that was your graffiti name? <laughs> that was my with... graffiti name. Yeah. Still that, is. That's dope. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Okay. Represent. Re- rescue. Yeah. <laughs> dope. So, so um, yeah. And then so over the last year, it was like probably worked with 10 one-on-one clients. And then I'm like, the, the message came through like start a group program. You know, start start expanding, start growing in this space. So. The rescue program is for that to 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 teach a lar- larger audience about what what you talk about too. What how unlearning, you know, like all the stuff that like it was, and a lot of them that have come in have been like, you know, it wasn't necessarily they're not necessarily like deep into like an abyss of like I can't get out. I'm like on X amount of grams of heroin a day, but like they've had experience like something's like been disruptive. They've been masking something. They haven't been wanting to feel something because they've been super uncomfortable and they haven't been guided or given support to be able to release that. Ah, they haven't felt safe. They haven't and you're, felt safe. you're creating that for them. Creating a safe container for them to speak. Yeah. And to so, share. You, so you're in, in, and uh, you're going to be t- t- you're in, in the process of taking on some applications. You're going to have a small group. And I would love for, for you to just share like what the program maybe a little more detail around that so the people listening can reach out um, and you can see if there's a fit. Absolutely. Thank you. Yeah. So have an application 
um, just on my Instagram account right now. And I'll share that with you. You know, going over, it, it's, there's some introspective questions there that will bring some things up for you. That that's why it's designed to like, what, what's tripping you up? What is the feeling or what, what are you not being able to feel in your body? Um, or, you know, is there substances involved? You know, we'll get into stuff like that. Um, so even the word recovery has, has been shifting in my consciousness over the last year, right? Because it's like very synonymous with drugs and alcohol, right? I don't think that's what it's about. I feel like I'm here to shift that paradigm of recovery. Because what we're really all doing here is remembering who we are. We're bringing in the pieces that have been like chipped away, that have been shattered, that have been left behind. So this is what I'm doing here. Dude, I was literally, when you said recovery and you, I was thinking of another R word and I thought remembering. Remembering. That's it. Remembering who we are. Yeah, so because there the is piece. that that heaviness to the word recovery. For sure. You're right. For sure. And it's always like, oh, are you an AA? Are you an NA? You know, it's always like synonymous with that, right? And I, I see a lot of guys and, and women that I work with, they're like, they, they feel that like, oh, like, man, now I'm labeled. Labeled. Right? Yes. We're all equal here. We all have our experience and we're all here to support each other and to love each other. So let's get, let's get into that. And it's, building, it's, it's about building a community is what it is. The rescue program is we're amplifying a new community and that we can, we can just be us and we don't have to like hide anything. You know what I mean? And hey, maybe you went out and you did have some beers and, and but we're not going to put you at the back of the line. Yeah. And not tell you that, oh, you don't have clean time anymore. You can't be a part of this. Fuck that. Yeah. I love that. And, and so it's six weeks. Is that right? Six weeks virtual. The six-week virtual program is coming up soon. I'm taking in applications for that. I'll probably start running it again by August. Yeah, I'm, I'm getting the right people in. You know, like I've, the first round went amazingly and the group was like, we want to continue. So we're on another three months together. So I'm just, I'm focusing on that right now, but yeah, definitely taking in the new, the new group for the next round of six weeks. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. So every, we'll, we'll have links to all this in the show notes um, for, for people that are going to be interested. Now let's talk about the, the work you're here in Austin to do. And I know the larger community as well, but you said you, you were called to Austin. Yeah. How long have you been here? Not long. So Let's see, I drove into Austin probably the first time that was like, okay, this is the spot, like late September. No shit. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Late September, back to Houston for a little bit, and then Airbnb, October, November, Austin. And, you know, honestly, it was, there was a lot of like uncertainty of like what, whether I was still going to stay here. And I, I honestly, one of the main points was like meeting, meeting you guys was like, I had been calling out for that, like just that that level of connection. And then that opened up for me literally the last day before I left to California. That's right. You were, holy shit. Yeah. yeah. So just for context, Daniel and I, Rescue and I are part of a, uh, <laughs> a, a, a really just powerful men's group here that uh, as you were talking about earlier, these groups allow, you know, the men in that group to really level up and to hold space for one another to grow to unlearn and then to bring that energy back home and then to our other friend groups. And right. so our other how, communities, our other work. How did, uh, who, who brought you into the group? Colin. Yeah. Colin. Yeah. And how long have you guys known each other? Not long. I mean, I, I think I met him at, uh, you know, one of the events at his place. I worked on him. I gave him a session and that could have been, I worked on, uh, 
Stefanos and his wife. And potentially that was sort of the energy that, you know, like, hey, who's this guy? He just, uh, we haven't seen him before. Fuck. Thank, <laughs> I'm so thankful they they invited you and they invited me. That's It's been such a magical experience. It has been. So again, you, you you pull into Austin and you you told me you felt something. I, I felt the energy of the water here. So I felt the aquifer. I felt the Edwards aquifer. And so something about like being on the ground and feeling this like this energy like spiraling up in different directions in my, my physical body. And so one of the big things and works of my life and what I feel like I'm here in Austin to do is weather work. So a little more context on that. Not a meteorologist? <laughs> different. A little bit, <laughs> just a little bit different. So I've been struck by lightning twice. And that I didn't know that that was a special calling until 14 years later. So I had sort of shelved those memories. First time was in St. Louis, second time in uh, Las Vegas. What, like how does that happen, get struck by lightning? Where were you? Walking down the street, first time in St. Louis, thunderstorm breaks out. I'm walking next to a uh, an electric pole, metal electric pole, and all of a sudden I just see a flash on the ground, and like, bzzz, and then it just like knocked me down and hit my right shoulder, arm, and my hearing went out for, I don't know, 20 minutes. I just hear like a ringing sound, and I'm with friends. They were like a little further away from me. They're like screaming, like you're alright. Like I can't. I'm just like lip reading at this point. You know, I'm like. I feel great actually. My hair is standing up. I'm like, I feel, I feel awesome. <laughs> <laughs> and um, so again, that was like, and then that was the first time. Second time, it was a weird one because I'm home alone, house sitting at my cousin's place in North Las Vegas, new community, like one of the, you know, kind of like a track home situation. Not a lot of new people living in the neighborhood yet, brand new. Probably the only one in the neighborhood, maybe another person, another light on down the street. And, um, it's when like AOL dial-up, I'm like doing research on the AOL dial-up, like meow, meow. And um, I'm, re- I'm literally researching Toth, the Egyptian, Mercury, and Hermes and their connection to lightning. And the house gets zapped. I just see a flash. And I'm out for a while this time. And this time I felt something in my nose just pop. Like, I just remember this like this opening in my face. And I, I don't know how long I was out for because no one was home. But I came back too. And I'm like, fuck. That's the second time, you know? So over the, over the next 14 years, they, they became more shelved, more hidden away in my files. And I, I, I'm in an ayahuasca ceremony in um, Amatlan, Mexico, which has another point to this story too about the weather. Um, in 2016, and it was probably the most vivid ayahuasca visual journey I had. And I was in this hyper-realistic space and this man came up to me. And it's funny because he looks like me now. It's funny. I'm wearing actually a blue shirt because this dude had long hair and a beard and a blue, like, really, like, tight fit. It looked like a space suit. And he had, like, a, an interesting symbol here with, like, all this writing I didn't understand under it. And um, it's funny because I had short hair and not a beard back then. And uh, he's like, give me your right hand. It was on my birthday, my 36th birthday. And he, I, I put my hand up and this dude's like starts growing. He's like big. It's like alternate space style right here. Let's go, what's going on? And he said, looks at me, he says, today I'm giving you the gift of lightning. And he, he just puts a bolt into my hand. And I remember that same feeling from St. Louis on my right arm. I was just like, oh, like that feeling again. 
and come to after the ceremony, more visions of other, you know, other connections I made in that ceremony. Um, so I shared this experience with a few people in the group and they're like, dude, that's a special calling. Like you've been struck by lightning. Like that's a calling to do this. And I was, I didn't understand the words they were using yet. So about a month later, I get invited back to the next town over um, of Amatlan, which is Tepoztlan. Um, so maybe some of the listeners, listeners are familiar with Tepoztlan. It's starting to bubble it's like a they call it a pueblo magico it's like one of the magic villages of mexico um a lot of ancient lore in those mountains a lot of like healers have lived there a lot of paranormal things have happened there are a lot of like ufos and things like that in this in this area of mexico so i walk into these ceremonies a month a month later and i start, i'm like oh, are you i know you i know you like i start recognizing people but like from when i don't know maybe past life or however it works, right? I recognize the energy, the energetic signature. And like, oh, you've been struck by lightning. Oh, yeah, me too. Like, oh, yeah, I'm in North Carolina and uh, lightning struck me right through the head and, and burned down my parents double wide. And I'm hearing stories like this and I was like, oh shit. Like I found my crew, my, my, my lightning crew. No fucking way. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. So, so then I'm like, what is this all about? You know? And then it, it took me another two years to actually get initiated into it. So I had to, I had a divination, which is like, you know, by the Capro Mayor, the elder, you know, takes a read on it in a certain process. And he actually showed me what he did. And he's like, yeah, he's like, you're, you're one of us. You know, it was up to you to like take the calling. And he's like, he, he showed, he did a certain process with eggs. I won't get too much into it, but like afterwards he rubbing eggs on my body and then dropped them into two glasses of water and held them up to the sun. And he's like, look, and I look and it's literally, bro, it's like, cloud formation with lightning bolts coming oh down. Oh my god. And I'm like <sighs> My wife's had the the the, the egg thing done really? down in it was down I think in was in Tulum maybe and it was so spot on it blew her mind. Dude. <laughs> so I don't want to get sidetracked here so so that was um so I'll, I'll go back to to Amatlan and Amatlan is apparently where Ahek Quetzalcoatl, the Quetzalcoatl plume serpent, materialized as a human at one point in our history. And that's when he brought down corn to our planet. It was in this town that I had the vision of the man putting the lightning bolt in my hand. And then I'm in Tepoztlan. And a few years later, I'm initiated into this tribe, into the Nahuatl tribe. And so, yeah, so here in Austin now, and raising an awareness about being in better relation with the natural elements, especially the water element, especially the rain element. So what does that look like? What does that feel like? Potentially having community gatherings where we make offerings, traditional offerings to the weather beings, the weather people we call them, um, giving them certain aromas like copal, you know, you, you offer it up and you, it's just about showing up with a deep level of gratitude. You know, it's a deep gratitude practice is what it is. Essentially, I've been married to the weather. So I've, I'm like past the honeymoon phase now. And I'm actually like, we're working now. We're, I'm working with you in this way. And I'm, I'm here to support you. So keep my city safe, right? And I know that we've all been like, what the fuck's going on with the weather, right? Like the snowstorm, the crazy rains we've been having the last few days, right? So definitely I'm here for that, to help with the calibration of all of that wild potentiality. Because it's all potential. Well, potential. If more people are aware and in a better relationship with them, then we're going to be cool. 
we're going to be safe. But because everybody's like not a lot of people are not centered and just sort of like disconnected right now. Yeah. That's what's happening. That's why this is like going wild. Yeah. So in your research, you were sharing this before we got on, but to, to tell me, tell us a little bit more about the research you've been doing just in the history of Austin and what's going on, what's potentially gone on in this area. And Wow. Okay. I'm, I'm excited to share about that because this is one that's been really pinging my interest over the last few years. Um, so you asked about, okay, well, what, what is this? You know, like, is it, we talked about, is it like man-made? Is it a manipulation of the weather? Mm, I'm not sure. Um, that's what I'm researching. But I've, I've found in my research that there have been these sort of natural resets that have happened that potentially some past civilizations have prepared for a little better than others. Um, the evidence that I've seen that have that has been shown to me in a great light has been a lot of these um, older buildings in cities, like for instance, the Capitol building, um, all the, the other buildings around the Capitol, like the cathedrals, you know, the, the governmental buildings that are the state buildings that are always in place. And um, if you walk up to them, you can pretty much every time you'll, you look at the first floor and you'll see the ground floor window only about yay high off the ground. Foot and a half, two feet. Foot and a half. So why? Why did they design the building like that? I don't think they did. I think that there was a big flood that happened. And a lot of those buildings were built so well that they've just been there for a long time. So I feel that there was a big natural, I don't want to say disaster, but like a reset that happened somewhere in the mid-1800s maybe between 1812 and 1840. And that's when a lot of stuff, like it's almost like the computer program got like reset, you know, like the ground, but it bubbled up water, flood, whatever happened, not sure. Was it a technology? We're trying to figure this out right now. Was it man-made? Did the forces that inherited this land have it and do something to the land? I don't know. That's what we're getting into in this research. So it's interesting. Yeah. And you also said that the, the way some of these buildings are built, are built, that like you can't do it today. No. If you, if you pay close attention to, you know, the, the level of stone masonry and the, the angles and, you know, the, they don't use mortar in many of the, the, the connections of the, of the stone. It's like, wow, okay. How did this get pulled off when we supposedly only had a horse and wagon in the narrative that we've been fed, right? Mm -hmm. So then it's like, ting, 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 ting. All, these, all these like lights start turning on. Like, what's going on here? Uh -huh. What do we have to unlearn? Yes. Yes. <laughs> All right. Take us down. Take us down to some of your your work in Peru. I, I'd love for you to share some of that if you if you'd like. Brazil. Brazil. I'm Brazil. sorry. In Brazil. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So, let's see. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, after after we were all together, uh, sat down on the way out with Steph and Garen, and we're like, we need to go down to Brazil with Daniel. Yeah. So let's make that happen. So I'll, I'll share when we're going to go again. I'd love to, to roll with you guys. hundred percent, hundred percent. No better guide. Wow. So another, like again, back to the beginning of these like puzzle pieces that I carried. And I started with the, the paranormality and that word, especially and what that word really means. I feel like another word to add to this is dimensionality. And what I've learned um, from this particular group in Brazil and it has resonated a lot with me. Um, so puzzle pieces out. I'm in Spain in Ibiza um, doing one of my trainings and I meet a woman. We start talking about UFOs. She's, oh, you're into this stuff too? Yeah, cool. Paranormality. Wow, cool. Lights in the sky. 
well, what does that mean to you? I'm part of this group in Brazil. And so like, there was a big like moment where like a lot of those puzzle pieces fit together like, big time. And, you know, from meeting a man, a, a hermit in the jungle in Costa Rica, who I ended up like looking at his photo later, had snapped a few shots of him. And his eyes are vertical. His pupils are vertical. Yeah. So he has like cat eyes. What? Yeah. And this dude was literally carving black panthers in a hut in the jungle of, on the Osa Peninsula in Costa Rica. And so like getting led to this group in Brazil, they're like, oh yeah, cat eyes? Yeah, normal. Oh yeah, he's from Gemis. I'm like, what the fuck is Gemis? Like, oh yeah, it's a place close to the earth and they're a little bit more evolved than we are. You're like, you have a photo of him? Yeah, his eyes. Like, you have a photo of his hands? Oh yeah, I do. And one of the photos, he's taking off his glasses almost to like show me his eyes and I'm like taking a photo of him somehow, right? Ah. And they're like, oh yeah, his fingernails are white. And I'm like, wait, what? And they're like, oh yeah, see the little, uh, little half moon? On, you look at your yeah. thumb right now. Look at our half moon. Everybody look at your half moon. Everybody look at your half moon. So apparently, beings from Gemis are full white because they have full power. Their minerals haven't been stripped like ours have here in this whole manipulation system that we're engulfed in at the moment. And unlearning and remembering we really are to pass to the next level. I was like, okay, shit. There's some stuff that's happening. Shit. <laughs> I'm like, okay, what's up? You know what I mean? And um, I'll make a few bridges here. Where, you know, I showed this, this stone to you. And this was a big one for me when I, when I came across it. And um, so we were back to Spain. We're taking a walk. And all of a sudden, it was at night. And all of a sudden, there was like a purple shooting star. Like, shooting star. And, and, and you know how you feel when you see a shooting star, right? It's like, whoa. Like your body some, like, activates. You're like, wow. You're like, that's yeah, not a shooting star. That's called a canepla. I'm like, okay, what's a canepla? Like, oh yeah, it's um, it's your superhuman self in another dimension activating you with a light technology. And I'm like, what? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, go get it. I'm like, what do you mean? They're like, yeah, it's not far away. They're like, you're trained to think that it's a star. Therefore, you're 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 putting it way the fuck out there. And where the fuck is out there anyways? What have we been trained to think, right? There's like these circles, these these like round things floating around this other round thing. And, you know, that's not what's happening, peeps. It, this is this is the great unlearning here of what we're what we're uncovering here. So before you get to the, yeah. the Kepler, let's I, I wanna go down that rabbit hole for a second. So what is what is the the assertion about what's actually happening with the things in the sky and the what I feel and what I've learned from this group is that we are we're in a certain density right now. So therefore we can only our our view, our spectrum of reality can only come in a certain way. Just like when lights appear, we we see them as just these like bright things because we cannot process what they actually are in another dimension. So as we keep up-leveling and raising our frequency, we'll be able to have more of like a clearer view of what it is and also like face-to-face -face interaction with what, who I will speak of now as the partners. Partners. As opposed to referring them as to a, them. As alien. Yeah. <laughs> because alien, you say the word alien, all of a sudden it's like, get away. Yeah, there's some tension there. Yeah, yeah, you're like, you're not from here, but we don't want you here. And that's, been, that's a program that's been inserted into our reality to create a fear frequency. 
So we're not going to have any contact with the real ones unless we up-level to a higher frequency and start shedding all of that fear programming. That's what we're here for. Yeah. So to support the frequency. So we're into dimensional, dimension, dimension. How do you say that for me? Dimension, dimensionality. There you go. Mm -hmm. I couldn't get that one out. Mm -hmm. So I feel like earth, they call this an earth system, not a solar system. So it's like a multidimensional, whatever platform they say. And, And like, there's so many different realities happening in parallel places at the moment. And I think we all get glimpses. We have had glimpses of that when we do certain medicines, when we go into deeper spaces like breath work. And you know what I mean? Like, you're like, wait, where am I? Right. Where did I go? Where did I come from? You know, so. Um, so yeah, it's, it's been a lot to process down there, but also just, <laughs> oh, shit. it's probably a lot to process for everybody listening, which I love. This is, it's welcome to your unlearning journey, folks. I'm right here with you. So again, this was like, this wasn't the one of that purple shooting star, but like this is when I started getting like, you're saying it's like potentially a hundred feet in the air, maybe even 20, yeah, 20 yards away. Something like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But like, we're so trained to think it's like a star. It's way out there. The Milky Way. What is and, that? And they're different colors. Different co- so the different colors do different things. There's gold, there's green, there's red, there's purple. All these things, all these colors do different things to our human technology that we're, that we're remembering, that we're activating right now. Um, and it's about up-leveling. It's about becoming lighter, 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 because eventually we will be so light that we can start interacting with the parallel realities. Our frequency will be so high that we'll be able to support the partners when they come and speak with us and, you know, share with us. So, yeah. And then, you know, someone in the group, you know, was like, oh, this is a shaman stone. And I actually looked, looked that up. Like recently that came to me like, yeah, this, this is, I guess this, some cultures say that this is a shaman stone too. But I was being spoken of more of this like superhuman activation quality of, of this being a technology in Brazil, this woman speaking to me about, she's like telling me more about the Canepla. And then I looked down, dude, and it's literally like right in front of Bro. me, like just sitting there on the ground. I'm like, okay, here we go. <laughs> dude, if you're not a, if, if, if you weren't a believer by now, I'd be like, dude, you're never going to believe shit because you've had so many synchronicities and these just amazing experiences. Holy shit. (laughs) But you're open to it. That's the deal. You've been open to it. And so they come into your field. I have. And just even remembering my past, like I said, like certain lights in the sky. And, you know, there's, there's a moment where in 2008, I'm in San Francisco, south of market, living with uh, my girlfriend, Vanessa at the time. And, and, uh, Get up to, to use the bathroom middle of the night, probably two, three in the morning. I go take a piss. And I just remember like looking out the, the window, there's like a parking lot, industrial parking lot right there on like 7th and Howard. And I'm like, why do I feel like a yellow light in the parking lot? I remember just being half asleep, like yellow light. And then it was just like brighter, 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 brighter. brighter. And I wake up. And I woke up in the most like the bright, sunny morning, San Francisco. And I was like, what the fuck? I was like, what happened? And I asked Vanessa, I was like, do you remember me getting up to go to the bathroom? She's like, no, 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 no. I get out of bed and I look down and in my boxer shorts are two perfect circles taken out of, like they're plaid boxers and like literally between each one square of the, of the boxers, there's a circle and then another circle underneath it. And I'm like, what? Did I get, again, that word abducted? Something happened? But like, 
I don't feel anything in my leg. So I have these clues, right? These puzzle pieces. Something happened to me in 2008. <laughs> and so I get to Brazil, dude. And I'll, I'll bring up another one. Um, I get to Brazil and I'm on this like this plateau, this mountain. And they're like, yeah, this whole group. They're like, yeah, this is where the, the interdimensional light ships land. And um, they're like, yeah, they leave these little symbols here when they, when they touch the ground and they leave. And I look down, dude, and it's that same exact symbol. It's a circle and a smaller circle underneath it. Just like my boxer shorts in 2008. And I'm like, like more stuff going off, right? And then they show, then there's these there on the ground. They're like, oh yeah, these little rocks, these are from the, the interdimensional ships. When they land and, and touch the earth, when they leave, they drop these. So like, this is another proof of, of that. So I'm like, I'm picking, I'm still collecting these these puzzle pieces. And if and if you did some sort of test on that, what what... Oh, they've been tested and I can't remember the exact name of the crystal that's in it, but like they're the scientists who have gone into these, these stones are like, how, how is this crystal in this rock here? Is it's like some, I can't remember the name. I'll, I'll get you the name just so sure. we have some, some scientific context on it, but it's, yeah, it's like a pretty powerful crystal that's in, inside of it. Yeah. Do you, do you feel comfortable sharing any, uh, connections you've made down there or is that for another time? Oh, we can for sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'll, I'll speak on that. I want to. I want to get real funky here, because <laughs> that shit is just wild. It's I mean, wild. it was wild for me. It's still. It's still wild. Even putting it back together. I haven't been down there since um, the end of eighteen. So it's been a little bit. Um, but I'm still, you know, in it. You know, I'm definitely in contact with the group, and um, so it, it felt like it was a training camp that that I was what I was at, like this research facility that were in contact with what they say who they were, were um, the 49 races of the Intergalactic Confederation of Light. So 49 ethical races of light beings that are connected to our evolutionary track and process and progression. Um, and so the first time I actually had an interaction with one of them was in a group of about 50 people. And we're doing this exercise, like I showed you guys, like reading each other's energy by just placing a hand on top of each other's and like not touching, but just that little in-between space of like recognizing an energetic signature, a pattern perhaps of something that you are, get familiar with. And then you go to the next person, next person, and then one person in the group gets blindfolded and you see if you can do it without, or, or by knowing without seeing who it is. Right. So we're doing this exercise and um, yeah, two things happen. There's like a big sort of like landing of like, it would have felt like a bird. Like, I hear like the wings and you feel the wind. You, you hear the, the wings flapping like a huge bird and something like hits the ground. like or Walks around a little bit. There's nothing that you can see with your eyes. It's just a feeling and a sound. And then there was like a rocks, like almost like a cascade of rocks that like broke. It was falling off the side of a mountain just for a split second. like And then this little voice just starts speaking. And about 20 yards away, there's just a little silhouette of like digital camouflage of like something just speaking to the group and just a little voice that sounds like that and it's like well he's speaking in portuguese he starts saying all this like wild stuff and i'm like my energy is just like oh my god what the fuck like what is what is this you know what I mean? like what's happening you know are they playing a joke on me is there like a speaker like hidden in the bushes over there but also that that feeling of like oh shit this is real you know this is the truth you know like my whole body just like goosebumps right Almost like medicine grade, like feeling like I'm going to throw up. 
you know? Uh, and that's happened to me. So I've, I've interacted with them a few times. And like for sure there's like a process and a clearing that happened. Because this is all frequency. This is all levels and densities of frequency they're teaching us. And so as we become lighter in this process that most of us are in, I know you're in, of like, how can I become a better person? How can I become a healthier person? Right? Exercise daily. You know, good diet. All of these things, right? Like the, the mind, like the reprogramming that's happening up here, like really paying attention to your consciousness, how you're walking, how you're talking. They're teaching us all these things. Like this is what you guys are on the right track. You're going to be the ones that are going to help most of the masses because we all know that we're, there's, there's something pretty wild happening at the moment, right? So I think that I feel like they've been coming in now. This group has been talking with them the last 20 years, you know, and, and have, having face-to-face contact. So it's not channeled. It, that's the big thing with this group. Ah. It's not channeled material. It's actually they're appearing and speaking. Like, and they look not too different than we do. They Fuck. look like us. <laughs> Fuck. Let's for, for for the for the listeners here who maybe aren't super familiar with the the term frequency, right? Can you can you dive a little bit deeper there to kind of one oh one it for them? Absolutely. So let's say let's start with shame. Shame being like maybe one of the lowest, right? To like the way you feel when you have like shame. Oof, sucks, right? Yeah. And. I've I've been unpacking some of that lately still, you know, like stuff that I didn't know I was like hiding in there, right? To like joy, bliss. How do you feel when you're joyful or bliss? Mm-hmm. I feel it immediately here. Something in my body reacted, you know? So it's like this full spectrum of like, so if we, we can dive, put a little, you know, more context on it of like what this quote unquote matrix has been designed to keep us in is a certain amount of megahertz in a frequency. So, you know, having minerals taken away from us or like now genetically modified, we're not getting like real parts of like actual food anymore. That keeps us at a lower frequency, more susceptible to fear, shame, guilt, all these things that like, who knows how it works, man. I'm, I'm trying to figure it out myself. Sure. Like, are, there, are there entities, are there nefarious forces like feeding off this stuff? Perhaps, you know? But I'm tuning into more of like the up-leveling process at the uh, moment. Like how can we just keep like elevating, 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 elevating. And I think that the fear program is a big one to release here. Especially in… Because I feel soon and they've said that we are going to be in contact with them soon. You know. So getting super in order, organized, in perfect health. And also just releasing all that like fight or flight reaction stuff. You know that like it's so inherent for us for yeah. so long, right? So, yeah, and that's a great explanation. And I think, and I also appreciate uh, uh, feeling into it as density. When you said the shame and the guilt, I just feel this heaviness in me. And then joy and bliss, it's, I feel like I can fly mm-hmm. and there's boundless energy in this. Like, so if we can feel into that state more. And that word feel, man, it's like really like remembering how to feel ourselves, right? I think that's the big, the big play here for all of us. It was like facing those uncomfortable spots, feeling it and transmuting it and just keep up leveling, up leveling, up leveling, like coming back into joy, into, into love, right? Into connection, community and help. We're helping each other. We're supporting each other. We're supporting each other's frequencies, right? If a frequency evolution that's happening. Right? Mm, love it. What lights you up right now? 
Like if, if mm. you have one day and not one day to live, I don't really love that, that whole uh, unpacking that one, but you, you've got a day to yourself to do whatever you want to do. How are you spending that day? What's, what's on the list Oof. at least? Planning my life. That's been, that's what's been lighting me up. Just like yeah. coming to that again. I remember I made a list when I was like 16 that I wanted to be a famous graffiti writer and like do graffiti in all these major cities in the world. And I did. So like remembering that of like, if I make these lists of like how I want my life to look, I'm going to do it and just like scribe it, like put it down. And like, that's what's been lighting me up. Lately. Like just yeah. really like spending time with myself, like full days, you know, just like getting into those like lists of like, wow. And then reading them back to me, like, wow, that's lighting me up. Uh, so it's like the manifesting and everybody listening is like, well, fucking Cal, ask him what's on the list. <laughs> so what would be on one of these lists? Woo. Wow. What's on one of these lists? Healing center. Yeah. Oh, you spoke it. Nice. Mm -hmm. What does that look like? Lots of palm trees, lots of water elements, beach, jungle beach vibe. Really putting that one together right now. Where, where that's going to be. Where that's going to land and materialize. It's interesting. This spot, I just, you know, I just moved in not too far from here. Finally got my own spot. And I remember I had made a list or actually an envisioning practice three years ago. And I had come to this place in my vision. I drew it a few times too and painted it where I'm like, I'm looking out these windows. I just see a, a tree line. A tree line in every direction. And, and I hadn't seen the place where I moved into come until on. I got the keys. I walk in and there it was like, come on, right in course. the living room. Of course it is. Oh my God, that's so good. <laughs> so we have the power to do this. We do. Mm -hmm. But it's it's getting into that frequency and the lightness and being open to it and being curious and deprogramming from the fear. And, and when it comes in, just being able to sit with it and getting into the feels. Like you've, you've covered so much. I, I think about what we do to numb ourselves with mm. the alcohol, the drugs, the working out. There's fucking any number of ways food. we do it. Food. And you know, what, what you're offering is that's a window into you not wanting to feel. What are you afraid of? If you feel you're not, I think there's this, this feeling that we're going to die. I'm going to die. If I feel that it's too painful, but mm -hmm. what's on the other side of that? Well, there's, there's one that came up recently that was really good that um avoidance like you said the af afraid right but it's like what are you avoiding and so i broke that word down i like to play with words i like wordplay like making things fun so avoid that's dense avoid dense whoa so avoid that you're feeling that you're going to become more dense and more incapable of moving through if you keep densifying and becoming whoa. more dense right that's dope <laughs> That is dope. So then I played with it even more. Of course like, you did. Avoiding. Like, what am I avoiding? Ding, 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 ding. I'm avoiding. I'm avoiding. So that's my opportunity to face it. And how do I face it? How do I move? I dance. Avoid dance. Oh. And avoid dance. So moving that out. And just right? be okay in the void. There's nothing to fill. It's just like, hold it. You can be there. And then played with it more. What's on the opposite end of avoidance? Fulfillment. So played with that word. A fully filled 
mind. Mint is mind. Oh. So what are the practices that we can reprogram after we unlearn this shit that we don't need anymore? What are the amplifications now of our, our human technology, our body, of our way of being, of our repatterning, right? Like eating a meal and giving it its full attention for 15 minutes. Every bite you chew turns to liquid and you're just in gratitude in like in, in receiving this nourishment instead of like, oh, I'm eating this fast and I'm flipping through my phone or I'm drinking or I'm on the internet, whatever, right? So there's fully filled mind, right? And keeping busy up here and here and your gut, it's all together. It doesn't have to be like too much mind to this, but it's like it's finding the balance, right? Because I think this is the creator up here, right? This is like what we, our thoughts have the, the force and the power and then, you know, the heart resonance is and the and the gut is like the the connection, right? The community, the lo- the love, right? Doing it in love, doing it in purpose, with faith. Dude, I love that. And thanks for the reminder about the the eating. I've 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 been super engaged in some really awesome work lately, and I've been letting thank like my mom's staying with us right now, and she's she'll come in and. She'll text me, hey, can I make you something? And she'll bring some food in and I'll eat it while I'm doing. And it, it's like, I can carve out 15 minutes to sit down, have gratitude, chew it till it's liquid and just take time for that. That's so important. And I feel that'll just really, you know, come into like you being in more perfect health. Right. For sure. Is there anything, is there, where can people find you? I mean, there's a shit more to add, but we're running up on time and where are we going to find you? So wholeskyhealingarts.com. And you know, it's, it's only been recent since I've had a social media presence. You said healing sky? Whole sky. like Oh, whole sky. Like the whole sky. W-H-O-L-E sky healingarts.com. And then my Instagram handle is whole sky rescue, R-E-S-Q. That's where I have most of my stuff set up. And again, I'm, I'm new to social media. This is barely to getting in gear, but it feels like the wisdom frequency that I have to share is, is calibrated correctly now to, to give to others. Perfect. And that'll all be in the show notes. So people don't stress, just, just click on that link and you'll be good to go. Dude, <laughs> such a gift. I told so you, fun, man. I told you before you came here that, uh, had a re- that the workout today was an absolute ball kicker, which I haven't had in like three months, but this one just got me. So my energy, like I ate something and I started to feel really good. And then about 30 minutes before you came, I just hit a wall and I'm like, what is going on? Like I got to, my boy's coming over. I got to get my shit together. And so I took a shower and I, and I came out here. And as soon as you walked in the door and I hugged you, it was like, it's on. I'm back and better than ever. So thank you. Oh man, we're welcome. Yeah. I like to refer to, to us as like all of, you know, all of me who, who transmit through me. So thank us. We're welcome. Oh, I love that. I love you, brother. Thanks for being here today. I love you too, Cal. Thank you for having me. Yeah. You've been listening to The Great Unlearn. For more information, check out the show notes or head over to thegreatunlearn.com for additional episodes and information regarding events, retreats, and the TGU store. If you like what you heard today, please click subscribe and share this with friends who might enjoy our platform. 
don't forget to leave that five-star rating and review as it really helps us spread the love and unlearning. You can find me on Instagram at cal.callahan and on YouTube under The Great Unlearn. Thanks for listening to The Great Unlearn, and we'll talk soon. No, no different, only different in your mind. You must unlearn what you have learned.